Good morning, everyone. I hope you're okay with my accent because I'm not from Pennsylvania. I was raised in Georgia, so uh, you will probably think I sound a little funny. Everybody turn around and say, hey, y'all. It's really a blessing to be here. I'm so looking forward to hanging out with Jason this week and the kids. And uh, my youngest daughter just turned 20, and my wife and I were just saying, you know, we don't have any more teenagers in our house. We have four daughters. They're all grown now. Three are married. Just officially have no teenagers. And so now I'm coming to Erie to hang out with teenagers. Um, and I also want to introduce a, a, a buddy of mine, Roman Balaban. Roman, would you stand up? Uh, Roman is from St. Louis, and he flew here yesterday just to come hang out with us and be at the youth camp. Uh, he is originally from Ukraine. He attends a Russian-speaking church in St. Louis, uh, but he just wants to hang out with us this week. So give him a hand. We welcome him. Uh, you guys are a brave, brave church. I, I cannot imagine somebody taking a bunch of Royal Rangers for three days on bicycles. <laughs> That's a whole lot more than I signed up for coming to the uh, youth camp. <laughs> wow. Bless you. Well, this morning, I, uh, I simply want to bring a word of encouragement to you. Anybody in here willing to admit that you need some encouragement? A few of you. Would you please turn in your Bibles this morning to Genesis chapter 26? Uh, I'm going to be sharing this word to you. I believe it's to many of you personally. I believe it's to your church. And I'll just let you in, a, in on a secret too. I am preaching to myself, okay? Because we all need an encouragement. And the Lord's had me uh, in this passage we're about to read because uh, he, he wanted to encourage me in this same thing that I'm about to share with you. Genesis 26, we're going to begin with verse 18. And if you're taking notes, you can just write across your page, don't stop digging, okay? Maybe you need to tell somebody that next to you. Would you just look at them and say, don't stop digging, Genesis 26, 18, it says, Then Isaac dug again the wells of water, which had been dug in the days of his father Abraham. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham, and he gave them the same names which his father had given them. But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of flowing water, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with the herdsmen of Isaac, saying, The water is ours. So he named the well Esek because they contended with him. Then they dug another well and they quarreled over it too. So he named it Sitna. And he moved away from there and dug another well and they did not quarrel over it. So he named it Rehoboth. For he said, at last the Lord has made room for us and we will be fruitful in the land. And then he went up from there to Beersheba and the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. I think we can all see from that passage that there's something to be said about keeping on. 
Because in that situation, uh, Isaac started digging, and immediately there was problems. The problems broke out, and then he dug again, and problems broke out. And yet he continued, and he persevered, and he stuck with it. And then on the third time, when he dug a well, there was a breakthrough. God came through, water came out, and there was no fighting over it. And the Lord blessed him and brought him into a whole new place. How many of you would say you're waiting for God to bring you into that broad place? Maybe it's in your personal life. Maybe it's in your business. Maybe it's in your ministry. Uh, and I have a feeling it also has application for you as a church because God desires every church to be a well of water springing up to salvation. Do you believe that? I believe that when we go and we plant a church, what Jesus desires is for that well to begin to spring up and it becomes a spiritual well for the region, for the city. It becomes a well of salvation. It becomes a well of healing. It becomes a well of the life of Jesus that we were singing about this morning. That, that applies to us personally because Jesus said that when we partake of his spirit, when we receive him and we receive his Holy Spirit, he said that 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 water that you drink, that spirit that you partake of becomes like a well of water springing up and it becomes like rivers of living water inside of each one of us. Every one of you sitting here is a well. Every one of you is called to be a well of salvation and healing in the life of Jesus Christ. And the same can be true of First, uh, First Assembly Erie, that God desires for this church to be a well that would spill water and, sh and spread the water of the life of Christ all across northwestern Pennsylvania and beyond. Do you believe that? And yet, when we get involved in this process of digging, it's not easy. I want to make three points to you this morning. Number one is that God said this was not going to be easy. <laughs> you know, if you go into a uh, Christian bookstore, uh, a lot of times if you go to the gift area of a Christian bookstore, you will find these little boxes. They're called promise boxes. And uh, they have these beautiful little scriptures in there. You can pull them out, and they have, like, little birds on them, and they have flowers, and they look real nice, and they have all these sweet sayings from the Bible. Anybody ever had one of those? And you can just pull one out, and it's got all these colorful uh, illustrations on them. Uh, and they might say things like, I will always be with you. Or they might say, the Lord is my shepherd. And they have all these nice promises that we can claim. How many of you are thankful for the promises of God that you can claim? I love that. But you know, I have never found, when if you look at one of those promise boxes, I have never been able to go through those cards and find John 16.33 in there. John 16.33 is a promise from God. But it says, in this world, you will have tribulation. That's a promise. Doesn't that get you excited? <laughs> Don't you love that promise? You know, we talk about claiming the promises of God. And so we grab that little card 
that says you in this world, you will have tribulation. And we go around and we say, Lord, thank you for your promise. Lord, I claim my tribulation. Lord, I want my tribulation today. Has anybody ever done that in here? I don't think so. We don't do that. Now, what I really like the rest of that verse, it says, in this world, you will have tribulation. And then he reminds us, and yet I have overcome the world. Amen. That's the nice flip side of that. But the point being that when we get involved in any kind of spiritual activity, if we are involved in pressing on, like we talked about this morning in our worship, pressing on to know Jesus, pressing on to share Jesus with others, pressing on to, to build a healthy church that's affecting a community, or, or maybe you're believing God to uh, transform the lives of people in your business or in your workplace or wherever you are, uh, wherever God has you, and you want God to use you to touch people's lives, and maybe God has given you a special promise about the way he wants to use you, and yet when we start in that process, we're always going to hit some spiritual resistance. It's just part of life. We are in a fallen world, and there's, there's things working against us. We know we have an enemy, and he's organized, and he has battalions of demonic forces against us. And when we step into whatever it is we're asking God to do, we're going to hit resistance. I can remember that when I've, uh, I, I was for years the, the editor of Charisma Magazine, I had a desk job. I sat at a desk most of my time. I had a very comfortable life, and I had a nice paycheck, and I had a nice package of benefits, and it was just sort of my normal situation. It was very good. And then the Holy Spirit just came and just started bothering me, just started pestering me and, and, and making me uncomfortable in my, in my, uh, in my nest and, and started pushing me out of my nest and started showing me that he wanted me to do some other things involving missions and going out to other countries and things that were very scary and very uncomfortable to, to me and telling me that I was going to go out and speak places and I didn't want to do those things. But he pushed me to the, into that point, to the place that I had my hands up. Has anybody ever been pushed by the Holy Ghost to a point where you felt like you had a finger in your back and your hands in the air? And I surrendered to him. But you know that the first time that I was scheduled to go out somewhere and speak when I had gotten out of my comfort zone, just two days before I was supposed to go to South Carolina and speak, my wife called me and said, our daughter Gloria, our third daughter, she said she's been rushed to the hospital. She's had a, a, her appendix has burst. They're taking her to Arnold Palmer Hospital in Orlando where we live, and she's going to have to have her appendix out. And I'm thinking immediately, I don't think I'm going to South Carolina now. And it's like, I've and I experienced at that moment that when we start stepping out into new territory for God, and maybe God has given you a dream or a promise about something big that he wants to do in your life, and when you start stepping into that place, folks, there's going to be tribulation. There's going to be resistance because the devil wants to convince you that you should never even take that first step, that you shouldn't even dig, you shouldn't even start because a lot of times when we get hit with that stuff, we decide we don't want to do this anymore and we pull back and we recoil. Now notice in Isaac's situation, he didn't do that. When he started digging and there was resistance, he didn't stop. And I came to tell you, I came all the way from Orlando to tell you folks, there's some people in here today who need to hear the Lord saying to you, don't quit. 
Don't stop believing. Don't stop pressing on. Uh, I do a lot of overseas uh, missions, as Jason told you. A lot of my ministry is involving uh, confronting the abuse of women around the world. I go to places like India. I'll be leaving for India in a couple weeks uh, where we have a girl's home and uh, doing just going into some difficult places. And when I first started that, my very first overseas trip, I got on the plane, and we, we bo- I boarded a plane in Chicago, and we were flying to Hong Kong. I was going to work with underground church leaders in China. And four hours into the flight, there was a guy who had boarded the plane. We found out later he was drunk when he boarded the plane. But he started throwing little glass liquor bottles at people. And then he came up to the stewardess's station near where I was sitting, and he ripped the phone out of the wall and began screaming at the stewardess. And she looks at me and my friend Wayne like we could tell what she wanted. We need to help her. And she asked if we would help her and the uh, flight crew to subdue this guy. And we had to tackle him in the aisle of the plane, put plastic handcuffs on his wrists, and I had to literally hold this man down in his seat for four hours while we diverted the flight to Alaska to get him off the plane so he could go to jail. Okay. I think he's still in jail today. That incident is what you call air rage, okay? But while I was holding that man down using blankets from the airplane, and we had to tape his mouth shut with duct tape because he was spewing profanity and spitting on people, I looked over at Wayne and I said, this is going to be an interesting trip. (laughs) Here I stepped out my first big missions trip, and this is what I was greeted by in the very first part, before we even get there, before we even get to China kind of showed me something about what's going on in the heavenly realm. And, you know, I don't believe that there's a demon behind every bush, and I don't believe that we attribute everything that happens to us to devils or demonic forces. But, folks, I am here to tell you that there is such a thing as spiritual resistance. The enemy does not want you to succeed. The enemy does not want you as individuals to make an impact on other people for Christ. He doesn't want churches to do that. He wants to argue over the, 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 the well that you're digging, and he wants to stop you from digging. And I want to plead with you this morning, do not stop digging. Amen? Second point I want to make this morning is that you must persevere in order to receive. If you notice in the story that we read, the first time that Isaac dug a well and there was this uproar over it, Isaac named that well Esek, which means contention. And then when he dug the second well, he named it Sitna, which means enmity or hatred. Both times when he stepped out, To dig this well, there was this arguing and this fighting and this contention that took place. The enemy does not want us advancing the kingdom of God. And you know, sometimes this enmity and this strife can break out, and sometimes it really isn't the devil. Sometimes it's just people. Y'all ever notice that? I don't know what it's like in Erie, Pennsylvania. Do you guys ever have contention or strife? And does it ever happen in churches? 
Probably not in Pennsylvania, right? It happens down south. <laughs> um, and I've told people, you know, sometimes I think that the devil could actually go on vacation for quite a long time and that God's people would just be happy to do his job for him. <laughs> because sometimes the way we treat each other, when we have a common cause, we have a goal, our call is to dig that well and to, and to allow the life of God to flow so that others... How many of you want everybody in Erie, Pennsylvania to drink from the fountain of salvation? Where is that going to come from? It doesn't just drop out of the sky. Jesus said that that well flows from us. It flows out of his people. And corporately, when God's people come together and we build a well together, just like he's built this beautiful well here, his, his desire is for that thing to be so unclogged and free-flowing that that life would flow to everyone in our region. That's what he desires to do. But we get hit with this contention. We get hit with problems. We get hit with difficulties. We get hit with discouragement. There's so many things that get thrown at us, and we must learn to persevere. We must learn to press through the difficulties and the challenges and to keep on going when we don't feel like going. We've got to learn this truth of perseverance. I don't know if you've ever heard the story of the bamboo tree. But when you plant a bamboo plant, uh, I guess you have to get them from Asia, but these little plants, in the first year, they only grow to be one inch tall, and they stay one inch in the second year, and then in the third year, they're one inch tall, and in the fourth year, they're one inch tall, and part of the, sometimes the fifth year, they stay one inch tall. There's nothing happening. This little seedling just grows to be that tall and just stays the same. And if you're sitting there fertilizing and watering it, for all those years, nothing is happening. And yet what happens in the sixth year and sometimes the fifth year is that that bamboo plant, all of a sudden, it grows 80 feet during the course of about four to six weeks, 80 feet tall. That's the, that's the way God programmed that plant to grow. Now, what does that say to you? Some things that you are praying about right now, some of the dreams that some of you have had, some things that you've prayed about for a long time, and maybe you're sitting there looking at a one-inch plant and nothing's happening, and you're telling your prayer group nothing is happening, and maybe you're wondering if you should just abandon this idea because it doesn't feel like any, there's any growth. I want you to know there is still a miracle waiting to happen. Something is happening behind the scenes that you cannot see. God is working in areas that you don't understand. And if you just keep praying, Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7, the way your Bible translates it is, ask and you shall receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened. That's what it says in most English Bibles. But what it really says in the Greek is, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. The verb is actually a verb of continuation. Because what Jesus was saying is, you, when you pray, don't just pray one time. This is a birthing process, and you must persevere in the midst of that. Some of you have probably heard of the British evangelist named George Mueller. He lived in England. He was actually German descent. 
And uh, most of us know of George Mueller because he took care of a lot of orphans. And in his ministry, at one point, he had 2,000 orphans that he had to feed every day. And this man, George Mueller, did not believe in sharing his uh, financial needs with people. He thought it was showing a lack of faith if he told people what he really needed in terms of his grocery bill and so forth. So all he would do is go and pray and tell God his needs, and then he would wait for the supernatural answer. And what was amazing is all throughout his ministry, sometimes those orphans would come and sit at tables with empty plates in front of them and forks and knives sitting there, and there was no food in the house, and then there would be a knock on the door right before the dinner bell, and somebody brought all the food for those kids, or they would bring money, and they always, always had uh, what they needed. So he's, he wrote books about how to believe God and how to, uh, you know, exercise your faith. And I recommend those books still. They're classics. But one thing about George Mueller that a lot, a lot of people don't know, they always remember how he prayed for uh, those orphans. But he also prayed during his life, he prayed for five people to come to Christ. They were dear friends of his who did not know Jesus. And he prayed for those five people. And uh, I want you to hear the, the statistics on this. The first person was saved after five years of him praying for, for, for him. I wonder in this age of microwaves and movies on demand and all the instant things that we have in our digital world, how many of us really would consistently pray for something for five years? He prayed for five years and that man came to Christ. The second guy and the third guy came to Jesus. They converted to Christ after 10 years. The fourth man was saved after 25 years of George Mueller praying for him every day. And the last guy was saved after George Mueller prayed for him 52 years. And the guy actually gave his heart to Jesus five months after George Mueller's funeral. I would have liked to have seen that. 52 years of consistent prayer that George Mueller prayed over those, over those, over the, those different men, those friends, of, those friends of his. How many of us would do that? There are people sitting in this room today who have dreams, who have requests, who have burdens, who have things that you've longed for God to do through your life or in your family or, or a ministry that you've wanted to do. And for many of you, you've been sitting on that and you're looking at a little one-inch plant and you've been wondering whether it's just wasting your time to continue to pray for that. I came to tell you this morning, folks, you've got to keep on digging. There is a breakthrough coming. There's a breakthrough coming in your personal life, and I also believe there is a breakthrough that God desires to bring in Erie, Pennsylvania, and he's wanting to use you as a church to unleash something new and fresh in this region. Do you believe that? Third point, last point I want to make, is that the result of faith is a larger territory. When Isaac dug that first and second well, there was nothing that happened but fighting and contention. But when he went the third time, some people say three times a charm. I'm not quoting Scripture when I say that. But in this case, that was true. The third time he dug that well, and it says that the water came forth 
There was no fighting over it. The enemy didn't claim it. And as a result, uh, Isaac named that well Rehoboth, which means broad place. God broke down the limitations and released Isaac into this whole new place, a whole new place of fruitfulness. That's the way it's supposed to work, folks. I want to declare over you this morning that you may feel limited where you are right now. You may feel like things are tight. It might be about your finances. It might be about your health situation. It might be about a family situation. It might be people in your family who don't know Christ and are uh, right now they're far, far away from God. And maybe you get tired and weary and you've gotten discouraged when you see the circumstances of the situation. But when I look at Scripture, it tells me that there is a reward for those who persevere. And that when we press through in prayer and when we believe God and we move in supernatural faith and God supplies that supernatural faith to us, folks, there is a breakthrough waiting for you. I don't know who it is that I'm speaking to this morning that there are some people in here that you've gotten this close to just giving up on whatever that thing was that you've been, you've bombarded heaven for before and God is reminding you today that if you will press through, that he will bring you in to a broad place. I believe that when we are praying for something big, that it takes, uh, it, it puts in motion a process of gestation that can take time. And maybe the truth is that if you've been praying for something for a long, long time, it's because what you are carrying on the inside of you is really, really big. Do you know that uh, if you look in the animal kingdom, the animal that uh, takes the longest to create a, a baby, anybody know which one that is? It's the African elephant. Two years that female elephant carries that baby inside of her, and you better believe when that baby is born, it's not little. I mean, a baby elephant. Some of you are carrying elephants on the inside of you, and you've wondered, why is it taking so long for this thing to be born? Why is it taking so long for God to answer this request? Maybe it's because what's about to happen is big, and maybe it's also because the gestation process is not just about waiting on God or waiting on circumstances. Sometimes when we pray for something, it's also doing something inside of us, getting us ready for the answer. Because really, a lot of us, the things that we're praying for, we are not ready for the answer. I'm praying about a lot of things. Since the Lord's been sending me around the world and I've been to uh, different nations preaching and working with abused women, trying to help cultures value women and preaching the gospel and helping men treat their wives with respect and stop beating them and stop abusing them. It's a huge issue around the world. And the Lord has given me a, a list of places and projects that, that we want to get involved in. The place that we're working in in India right now, we have a girl's home with 22 little girls that were all uh, rescued because they had been thrown away. Some of the little girls were actually found in trash cans when they were infants. Their, their parents abandoned them, threw them away because they don't value girls in that culture. 
So I have this dream of, of doing these projects, but folks, it takes a lot of money and it takes a lot of people and it takes a lot of infrastructure to do those things. And sometimes when I'm praying about this, it just seems so big and so overwhelming that I can easily just step back and say, it's, it's too big for me, I can't do this. And yet God keeps telling me, keep on knocking, keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep persevering because he is going to send you the breakthrough. And he's spoken that to my heart, and I believe he's speaking it to your heart as well and to uh, and relating to your personal situation as well as to this church corporately. I believe there has been war over this church, and I, ha- I believe that there has been war over this well that has been dug in this place in the past. Anybody believe there's been some war? Do you believe there's some forces in the heavenly realm in Erie, Pennsylvania, who do not want this church to be successful? Do you believe that there are forces that would try to stop, that it would even go to war, that would try to clog up and, 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 and stop the flow of the life of the Spirit of God here? Do you think there are forces that want to do that? Of course there are. And that means we're going to have to be armed and ready and empowered and strengthened to keep on. God has given you promises. I don't know what they are because I've just recently come to know Jason and I haven't asked him what were the prophetic words that were spoken over you as a church. But I want to end this morning by just reading from 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 1, verse 18. This is what Timothy said, uh, or what Paul said to his spiritual son, Timothy. He said, this command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you fight the good fight. In other words, the promises that God has given us become like weapons, and we use that weapon when we pray and when we stand in spiritual warfare against the onslaught of the enemy. And whatever that promise is, we can take that promise and we can lay it before the Lord and we can say, Lord, you said this is what you're going to do. How many of you know that when God sends his word, it does not return void? How many of you really believe that the word that God has given you and the word that God has given your church, the word that God has given your leaders was not sent in vain? And that it's, going, it's not going to return void. God wants to bring about that plan and that purpose. He wants to unleash this fresh new well in Erie, Pennsylvania. But it's going to require a persevering people who are willing to go into the altar and take hold of it and continually call on God until he, did, until he does what he told us he would do. I want you to just put your books down right now. And I want you to just bow your heads. And this morning, I do believe that there are people here in this church today, some who have been discouraged by circumstances, some who have contended in the past for the promises of God, but you've just gotten weary in the battle. There's been a weariness that's set in. There's been a discouragement that's come. And sometimes it feels like something's grabbing your throat. And sometimes it feels like there's just a heaviness that settles over you. There's others in here that you've had dreams and desires. Uh, There's been prayer burdens in your life. 
and uh, it's, it's been feeling like lately like you just haven't had the strength to even push through and to persevere and continue to ask God for his answer. And this morning, I believe that the Lord wants to release a fresh grace on every one of us to be able to persevere and to press through. If that's you, if you know that if there's something that you're contending for, if there's something that you've been persevering in prayer for that you have not seen the answer yet, and there has been this war going on, there's been this fighting in the spirit, there's been this contention over as you've dug the well, it's like the enemy just came out in full force to stop you. The Lord wants to encourage you this morning. I want to just invite you to just stand where you are and just lift your hands wherever you are all over this auditorium. If that's you and you know that you need just a fresh grace to be able to persevere. We have, we have just a few moments before we're going to dismiss, but those of you who are standing, I just want to invite you. I would like to invite you to just come down and stand at this altar. And I want you, to, to, as you come down, to hold your hands out before the Lord. And in those hands, I want you to hold whatever that promise is that God has given you. Whatever that is, if it's someone in your family you've been praying for, there's some people here today that there was a ministry dream in your heart, but when you stepped out to, 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 to step into the first phase of that, you got hit so hard by the enemy that you just stepped back and you just said, I'll, ne I'll never do that again. I'm just not going to do that. It's too hard. It's too much war. Some of you got battle scarred. Some of you got battle weary and you just recoiled. Take courage this morning from the life of Isaac. Look at this son of Abraham who Abraham was known as the father of our faith. But remember, Abraham believed God for 25 years for a promise to be fulfilled. It took that long for him to believe God and went through that faith process until eventually he was holding little baby Isaac in his arms. And now this son of Abraham, Isaac, is walking in his father's footsteps and he's contending for the promise as well. And I want you to remember that at the very end of this story, after Isaac received the promise and that water sprung up and there was no fighting over it, the Bible says that the Lord appeared to Isaac. The Lord appeared to him. Just like Pastor Jack said this morning, that's another instance of Jesus showing up in the Old Testament. The pre-incarnate Christ appeared. Jesus Christ appeared to Isaac and encouraged him and confirmed to him the promise that he had given him long before. And this morning as I pray for you, this is the one thing I'm going to ask him to do is I want Jesus to come and stand in front of you. We've been singing about Jesus all morning. You're going to be studying about who Jesus is for the next several weeks. It's all about Jesus. And Jesus is here this morning to strengthen your faith and to strengthen you in the battle. Would you just lift your hands and lift that promise to him, whatever it is. 
And, and I want you to hold on to it this time. You're not letting go. You're not dropping it. You're not going to stop fighting. Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that there would be a fresh grace released to my friends from Erie First. Lord, I pray for a fresh grace to come. And Lord, that you would renew the promise that you gave them. Some people in here, you have been holding on to a promise more than 25 years. Some of you have just been praying about something for a while and you've already been getting discouraged. The enemy's been coming and hitting you and, 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 and trying to stop it. But Lord, I'm asking today for a fresh grace. Arm my friends, arm my brothers and sisters with a new strength and courage to step in to the battle that they will not be afraid of the enemy's onslaught because they know that even though you promised us we would have tribulation, Lord, you said you are greater than anything that would come against us. We know, Lord, that you, our God, you are greater than anything the devil could throw our way. And Lord, I'm asking for the release of your encouragement into the hearts of your people in Jesus' name. Lord, release miracles of healing. Release miracles of salvation for prodigal children. Lord, release financial miracles, people that are in a very desperate place. There's some businessmen in here this morning that you have been beating your head against the wall because you don't understand what's going on in your situation. And God says, if you will just recalibrate and make me so much the focus in your life, I'm going to unleash a fresh new strategy in your business and I'm going to release a flow of my revenue and finances into your situation. God is stirring something here. He's releasing a fresh new faith. And there are those of you who have been holding on to a ministry calling and a ministry vision. And you've said, God, here I am. I want to be your man. I want to be your woman. I want to, I want to touch the, the, the lost. And there's some here that have a real burden for the poor and for the inner city and for those that are destitute and outcast. And yet you haven't known what to do and it hasn't worked out for you. You've, you haven't really found the right door. God says, keep knocking, keep knocking. Keep knocking. I'm going to open up this avenue of ministry for you. And I'm going to cause a well of my grace and my salvation to begin to flow freely in your life. God says, move past that first well. Move past that second well and expect him to release this third well, Rehoboth. I declare over my friends in the name of Jesus, Lord, make their lives like Rehoboth. Bring them to Rehoboth. Bring them to a broad place of fruitfulness. And as Pastor Jack and his wife are standing here, I want to just ask if the staff of the church, those who are part of, of the team, the leadership team, if you could just gather around Pastor Jack and his wife. And I want to close this morning by praying over the church. Thank you, Jesus.
For those of you who are around them, if you would just reach your hand out and just support them and love them. How many of you love this leadership team? Lord, I'm asking first of all that you would come and that you would remove the yoke of heaviness, the yoke of discouragement that would weigh upon them because they are like the tip of the spear and oftentimes they feel the resistance before others do. And sometimes it causes them to want to pull back. But I'm asking today in the name of Jesus that you bring a fresh anointing for war in the name of Jesus. Lord, release a fresh warrior's anointing upon Pastor Jack and his wife, upon Jason, upon Don and his wife, upon everyone that's a part of this team, the children's ministry, the young adult ministry, all facets of this ministry here. Lord, I see them armed and I see them dangerous. Father, I see them equipped and I see that their eyes are looking forward, not distracted and not hindered, but their eyes are looking forward at the prize because what God promised long ago, He will accomplish because he promised that he would bring forth a well that would spring up in this city, that would bring refreshment and life and healing and salvation to those who have lived in bondage, those who have lived in religious darkness, those who have lived in tradition. I declare that the doors that have been locked shut for a long time against the move of the Spirit, that, Lord, I hear rattling. I hear rattling in those doors. I hear the locks breaking. I hear chains coming off of those doors and padlocks coming off. I declare in the name of Jesus that where people have been locked into systems of bondage, that they will not stay there. But we declare that the prisoners are coming out of the dungeons. And Lord, we declare that this house was always created to be a pool of healing and a well of salvation. And Lord, I see people meeting all over in this place in groups. And some are talking about drug addiction and some are talking about sexual addiction and some are talking about abuse and some are talking about their different problems that they've had in the past. And I see people coming into these doors and, 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 and this place is like a, a ministry center going out into many, many facets of the community. And healing and restoration and deliverance flowing from this place. Lord, we know this is your call upon Erie First. 
We know the enemy has worked and tried every way, coming in different ways, trying to come in in different places, trying to bring contention, trying to argue, trying to stop up wells, trying to throw trash into the well so that they would not flow. But Lord, I'm asking that from this day, I'm asking that you unclog the wells of this house. I'm asking that there would be a free flow of the Spirit of God. I declare over my sister that, Lord, you're going to begin to do something new and fresh among the women in this place because you have called them to be women of the Spirit. And, Lord, they're going to be leading many new women into the experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And women who have been intimidated and in fear and they have been put under a heavy yoke of bondage from religious systems. I see these women breaking out, breaking out of their boxes, breaking out of their chains and skipping and jumping and dancing because they are so filled with the anointing of the Spirit of God and they're learning to flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I hear this flushing sound and that, Lord, you are coming to Erie first. Hear me, church. The refiner is coming to Erie first and he's coming to flush away the junk. There are those who have just been caught up in some things, caught up in some habitual sin, caught up in some habits and some torment and 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 there has been a a cry going up. There have been people who've literally said, I don't know how to be free. I I think I'm a captive. Even people who say they are born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, stuck and captive. But God says, I'm bringing a great flushing and I'm going to uncork those wells. I'm going to release you from those things that the enemy has thrown on you And I see the people of this church rising up like never before to celebrate the holiness of God, to walk in a new freedom like you've never known before. Lord, we just thank you. We receive all that you are doing in our midst. Just reach out and receive the fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. And Father, I declare over Pastor Jack and his wife and this team, I declare that you are bringing them into a Rehoboth place. I declare, Lord, that that you will bring them into a place where the life of the Spirit is like a geyser flowing up into the atmosphere. And it's not going to be my human means. It's not going to be by our programs or our plans. But God is going to uncork something supernatural in the midst of you, and there will be a flow of His Spirit like never before. Prepare yourselves for a fresh move of the Spirit. Prepare yourselves to continue knocking and asking and seeking because He's going to bring a great release and bring you into a place of fruitfulness that you've never known if you will simply persevere. Don't quit. Don't take your hand off the plow, but press through. Lord, we thank you that you will bring us into your Rehoboth in Jesus' name. Can we give the Lord a shout for what he has done?
shout to the Lord. Let the barren woman shout for joy. Let the barren woman shout for joy. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in our midst. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Jack. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So everyone, would you just stand and we're going to dismiss in just a moment. What I want to do is ask you to do this. You've heard some prophetic words this morning and I want to encourage you this week when this message is posted that you'll go on to, to our website and to download this podcast and specifically, obviously, listen to the message over and over again and let it continue to encourage you. But then I want you to grab hold of these prophetic words and I want you to continue praying over them and, and say, God, I believe this is going to happen. I believe this is going to happen in my life. I believe it's going to happen in the corporate body. And let's grab hold of this and not let it just fly by us today. If it's a prophetic word from God, which I think it is, then we need to lay hold of it and put our, our hooks into it and say, here we go. And, and this week, anticipate really wonderful things happening in your life and in, and in the community of faith throughout this city. Lee, thank you for your obedience to God today. You have ministered to us. Thank you so much. Would you tell him thank you? So now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be blessing and glory and honor and power forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.